Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. My name is Todd McLaughlin, and I will be your host. If you would like to learn more about our upcoming live stream yoga classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and or our online yoga studio, please visit us at nativeyogacenter.com. Thank you. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Oh, I'm so excited for you to have a listen to this uh, episode. Today, I have the opportunity to speak with Rich Ray. <clears throat> and Rich is an Ashtanga yoga teacher and a Zen meditation practitioner. He has a lot of experience in both fields. And I think that what, what you're about to hear is a really seasoned and balanced outlook um, uh, as a way to find the intersecting points of Zen meditation and or meditation and yoga and or Ashtanga yoga. And so I really encourage you to, to um, check out Ray on his website, uh, www.ashtangaportlandme for Maine. So I'm going to spell it out for you to make it really easy. A-S-H-T-A-N-G-A, Portland, P-O-R-T-L-A-N-D-M, as in Mary, E.com. And also you can find them on the old IG handle at Rich Ray Yoga. And I encourage you to check him out because he, you know, took his time to um, share with us and uh, any little bit of love you can send his way. Well, everyone appreciates that these days. We got to just, I think, share a bit of love, <clears throat> share a bit of uh, peace, uh, a smile, a virtual hug, whatever you got. <laughs> All right. Without any delay, let's go ahead and get this um, podcast underway. Welcome, everybody. I'm excited to introduce you to Rich Ray. Rich, you're on the line. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Todd. Hanging uh, in there. Yeah, man. That's great to hear. I, I'm really excited to chat with you today and, and um, get some insights from you and, <clears throat> and ask a few questions. Um, can you give us a little bit, can you tell our audience, um, what are you up to these days uh, as far as like your teaching and what, what is your main focus? Yeah, I am up in Portland, Maine, um, and I'm teaching four days a week online, you know, because of the whole COVID situation. Yeah. Our space got shut down. So people have been, uh, you know, people have been pretty receptive to the online um, format. That's Surprisingly, I, I thought it was going to be kind of a disaster due yeah. to the fact that you know, my sort Shanga, just the, the way it's taught with, you know, in person, not a lot of talking and hands-on adjustments just would not translate well. Uh, but it's been good. People have been into it, you know. That's no more commute. They can be home. Yep. You know, they finish up. They don't have to drive home. They just put the computer down. And they can grab a cup of coffee or whatever. So, you know, and, and, and people have kind of rallied, you know, to kind of make it happen. Their practice is important to them, so it's all been working out pretty well. Yeah, I hear you. 
that that's a good point in the sense that it's almost a community effort because yeah. if everybody just says, look, maybe this isn't our most favorite uh, practice method of choice, but if we all are positive about it, we can we can still have a good time here together. Right. That's right, cool. Exactly. Yeah. And, totally. and you've yeah. you've been holding down an Ashtanga program in Boston for for quite a while, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kate and I did that for a while. Then we moved up to Maine. Yeah. And you're a hundred percent in Maine now, with no more. Well, I mean, I'm guessing obviously now with the COVID thing going on, but you guys right. had had you guys kind of already made that move, like uh, officially to Maine, or were you still doing two? different places simultaneously we were doing a little bit back and forth uh-huh. but since the covid thing that's pretty much just ended yeah and you've been able yeah. to make a clean kind of separation from the boston engagement well i do i teach one day a week down there uh-huh yeah cool online only though you know yeah. i don't go down there gotcha so, gotcha yeah i get it yep that's cool yeah yeah and, you know, part of um, something that I'm excited for us to discuss today is you also have been, or you are a practicing meditator. That's right, yeah. Wonderful. And am primarily in a lineage within Zen Buddhism. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Wonderful. And yeah. what... what um, what lineage and or under the guidance of which um, teacher do you, do you part um, do you practice under or with? Yeah, well, it's an interesting lineage. It's uh, there's a woman named Sherry Hubert. Uh-huh. She's out in California, um, and she has a very small little sangha out there, and she's pretty private. She doesn't really do much advertising or mm-hmm. like you'll really won't find her in any Buddhist magazines or this and that. She's got uh-huh. a number of books kind of self-published. Um, and I came across her back in the, must've been the early nineties, oh, I guess. Wow. And, uh, I just, back then, you know, there was really no email or anything. So I picked the phone up and just called <laughs> yeah. and just, you know, just kind of, just just kind of got involved, you know. That's, and, that's uh, cool. Yeah, it's been a, a thing ever since. I I actually uh, she she runs a monastery out there, and I after kind of being involved for a number of years, I finally made this leap to live as a monastic, um, as a monastic person. I would, you know, it's, it was kind of like a monk, you could say. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I did that and I ended up doing that for four years. Wow. Yeah. So you, you, you basically took monastic vows and, and kept that going for a four year period. Yeah. We lived in silence, which was really kind of the biggest, Wow. um, you know, one of the biggest, one of the most profound aspects of training there was that was living in, in a silent environment. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you, you yeah. were you able to maintain that for a four year period? <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wow. Overall, yeah. Wow. Yeah, overall, yeah. yeah. No phone. I mean, no yeah, phone. There were times. Yeah. No phone. No no phone. And um, there, you know, we did have like group discussions now and then, 
and we had, you know, one-on-one meetings with the teacher. Yeah. So we would talk at those places. Um, but overall, like the overall setting yeah. was no yes. talking. There was no like socializing. Yes, I get it. If you yeah. obviously, if you're having challenge with something, there was somebody who you could communicate with, but maybe it was just kept at a minimum. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Everything went through like like a note board that we were passing notes through this kind of protocol. So you were doing, you know, you, you would write things. Nice. Gotcha. And then, it, you know, if yeah. there was some kind of emergency or something, there, yeah. there might be some talking. Now, yeah. and this was in a, mon- this was at a monastery and or at a, <clears throat> uh, where you were residing and you weren't necessarily going out and going to the grocery store and that sort of thing or how, how- <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> right. well, yeah. Yeah. It, it, believe me, it, uh, you know, it's hard for people to wrap their heads around. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was really a, an incredible intelligence to the whole thing where yeah. the more that you got steeped in the practice mm-hmm. and the more that you were like a seasoned practitioner, then the more responsibility you had mm. to go out and deal with the mm. day-to-day activities. Got it. Right? Got it. So when you're first there for the first, I would say the first year, I just, I pretty much didn't leave the the ground. Yeah. And I, you know, I just did, you just go, you have a very regimented schedule. You don't have really any time to your, to yourself, quote unquote, where, you know, you're, you're going from one activity to the next. Um, a lot of outdoor work. So we basically lived outdoors. Mm. We lived in these little, you know, plywood shacks we would go to at the end of the day. They just had like a bed and a wood stove and a little lamp. And um, so it was very simple. It's very simple life where you just kind of lived off the land. We were, um, it was, uh, it was off the grid. Mm. So, you know, we had some solar, somebody came down at some point and set up a solar, you know, power system. Yeah. And there was a generator if the, if the sun wasn't out for days. And back to the point, you know, the more, so the, you know, you're there for a while. And once you get kind of steeped in practice and then you're, you're asked, so after a while, I was asked to be the cook. So I was running the kitchen. Uh-huh. So I had to go out and do the groceries. Yeah. So, you know, I would go out, take the truck down to town and go and, you know, deal with people. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you just, you know, you just, you're, you're part of the world in those moments. Yes. Yep. You know, and, and obviously given permission to communicate, you weren't necessarily handwriting notes to, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. That's, that's awesome. That's a, that's a good solid stint. I mean, for four years, a couple quick questions just in, in terms of geography, where in California, are you talking North, mid, South? Mid, like East of San Francisco. So, so still pretty chilly in the winter. Pretty chilly. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Just below the snow line. Gotcha. We were like in the foothills of the, of the Sierra Nevadas. And yep. what time frame are we talking here? Is this like late 90s, mid 2000s? This what? was like early 2000s. Early 2000s, gotcha. Yeah. 
And yeah. prior to this training, had you already bumped into the world of Hatha Yoga slash Ashtanga Yoga? I have, yeah. I started, I started in Seattle with David Greek. Oh, wow. Nice. I've, yeah. heard great, I've heard great things about, about him. Yeah, yeah. And good guy. what, if you don't mind me asking, what year, yeah. what, what year did you first fall into or, or stumble upon Ashtanga Yoga? Goodness gracious, that must have been 95 or 95. 96. Yeah. Yep. yep, so it's been a good yep. 25 years now. Right. <clears throat> awesome. And yeah. so one thing that um, we find sometimes in uh, the Buddha meditation world is is that there's like a seated a sitting practice and i've had um the opportunity to go and sit in a guenka style vipassana 10-day silent retreat in which case we are told no asana no running no extra physical exercise and we're in the tradition that you were practicing uh or are practicing is it frowned upon and or encouraged to blend and to have a a yoga asana practice and yeah. a meditation practice so to speak right yes it was it the the basic gist of what this tradition that i'm in is that and why it it's really melds well with with Ashtanga yoga or Hatha yoga in general, that it's a body-based practice, mm-hmm. right? So it's really focused on body awareness, mm. on a sensation level. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, I, you know, the whatever is going to make you feel good in your body is encouraged, mm. and keeping your body fit and t- even like valuing. A, a body that is sensitive and alive and rested and well nourished. Nice, you know, is yes. really is really high important. That's really cool. Would you? Yeah. Would you? I think maybe perhaps one of the distinctions yeah. <clears throat> that could be made is that when we get into the branch of Zen Buddhism, we're in the world of the Mahayana. Buddhist right. traditions as opposed yeah. to the Vipassana world seems to be a little bit more linked in with like the like the Hinayana or the, the older right. school. Yeah. Do you think that that could be why? Because the Mahayana is a little bit more of this like more, I don't want to say open, but yeah. perhaps accepting to different spiritual yeah. practices being used together or uh, yeah right. I'm, I'm curious if 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 you yeah. agree with that yeah i you know i'm not really sure what the i don't i can't say i know enough about the goenka style yeah. the most theravada right. you know yeah. about you know why they would say don't do this or uh-huh. do that uh-huh. or or maybe it's only on that 10 day retreat they mean that mm-hmm. or you know i'm not really sure yeah. we had we had, you know, intensive, it's like seven day session where, you know, similar to those 10 day sits where that's all you do. Mm-hmm. You get up at three thirty in the morning, yep. you sit, walk, sit, walk, sit, walk, sit, and then you have breakfast and then you do that again all the way to lunch. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so it's just like this whole thing. And during those times, 
pretty much frowned upon to do anything else. Yes. You know, because you really want your, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a physical endeavor to do that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yes. it's really, you know, it, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. You know, I think I've been the most like, like famished hunger wise on those sits where you're, you're just sitting all day, but the amount of, of energy you're using to concentrate and pay attention and, you know, embody yourself. Yeah. It's, it's profound. Like it takes a lot. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm kind of get trying to get a visual on you while living in the, uh, retreat, uh, or where, you know, in the monastery, then you would yeah. be doing these really intense practices, say for 10 days, but then you would, yeah then have like a little bit more of a lenient schedule? Is that how it was structured? Well, you could say that. Not There wasn't a lot of leniency at this time. Yeah. You're like, no, there was none of it was lenient. (laughs) (laughs) I was not, yeah. It never felt lenient. It felt pretty intense the whole time. Like, you know, it it was pretty intense. You know, and, yes. and um, so the whole premise is that you're there to be in a in a in a present state of mind, regardless of what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's basically you break it down into three categories: you're either sitting meditation, walking meditation, or working meditation, mm. right? So yeah. it, it's really beautiful. It's like you're learning how to take what you're developing on the cushion, mm. off the cushion, mm-hmm. into your daily life. So we always, we, in our truth, we sit with our eyes open. Yes. Right, which is, yeah. you know, there's a lot of traditions that do it, but there's a lot that don't. Yes. And it, for some people, it's completely like, what? Like, we would, you sit with your eyes open so mm. that when you make a transition to walking or scrubbing dishes, you know, your, your, your eyes are open when you do those things and things, it translates, right? So you're learning how to be in a state of, of here and now present in your body, regardless of whatever you're doing. And when you're sitting, you just, you just have the best chance of finding that place because you just cut out all other activities or distractions. Mm, I like that. That is it. That is a cool. I like how you broke it into three, the three categories, and also yeah. making mention that they they each would feed each other, or or right. uh, support each other, so to yeah. speak. Right now, yeah. are, and and at this time too, were you were you still then taking time to practice a primary series or a second series or? Um, you know, it's funny. I tried. Mm-hmm. I tried, and it just it it didn't. It, I couldn't do it. It was yeah. You know, I could see you're yeah. already so engrossed in a specific right. uh, tradition that yeah. that that there maybe would be no need. Because then, where would you draw the line there? You why, why wouldn't you add four different other practices in too? I, 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 I could see where I could see where those three things would be plenty of challenge yeah. in terms of directing your concentration and holding right. steady like that. So yeah. over that four year period, is it possible to give us an idea of what 
type of change, transformation, not, uh, or, you know, like, yeah. How could you put that into a nutshell in the sense of uh, did you did you did you notice any profound changes or or um, realizations? Um yeah, I mean it was it was certainly a a life changing yes. time for me, you yeah. know. Yeah. I felt very uneasy in my own skin and you know People who end up at this kind of place where I was, you know, they're they're kind of at the end of the road. Ah. <laughs> like most people, you know, answer. you just yes. wouldn't really go and do this kind of thing for yeah. fun or because you know you're it's interesting. It's like most people who were there, and it, you know, it was a small group. There were maybe yeah. ten of us. Yeah. Um, at the time I was there, um, they, you know, it. Well, I, I can always speak for myself, but you know, I was like, I, I really needed something yeah. to, to really like keep me here on the planet. You know, I was just felt really. I mean, I wasn't like suicidal or anything, but I felt just. I mean, I felt groundless. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I just, yeah, you know, I just really felt like, what is the point of all this? Yes, and I, um, and you know, that practice really spoke to me so that's awesome i just i went yeah. in there and yeah. it was a, it was just this this going through this fire of of i guess you could call it like like a self-purification where you start to really see and become aware of your karmic tendencies you see how you create your own little version of suffering and um, you know, but how it's constructed, what it, what, how it works. And, you know, you really need to be an astute practitioner of awareness to kind of get a grip of how yeah. all that's happening. Yes. And so, you know, in that kind of environment, it's right for that. And, and the resistance to seeing it, that's why it never felt lenient. There's a, there's a great resistance to, you know, to, to seeing that kind of um, karmic activity that, that runs underneath the conscious level of awareness. Yes. So, you know, and you need like a, you need a teacher there to kind of guide that process along. Yep. Um, so, you know, when I, when I came out, I just felt more integrated. You know, I just yeah. felt like much more like centered in my body. I felt much more like alive and like I, like I just felt like I, I had a place on the, on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. What, what was the catalyst that caused you to go, all right, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else now. You know, it's a good question. It's a really good question. And I think my, my answers have changed with that over the yeah. years. Yeah, the way you, know, you, the, when you look. Really, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, there was no real set time limit. There was no, um, you know, there was no process of, well, now you've done enough time, now it's time to go. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was like you would make a commitment, stick to it, and then reassess at the end of it. 
Yeah, make I see another it. time commitment. Yeah. Talk with the teacher. I see. And then you commit to that. And yeah. then when it's over, you know, you see what, what's available. And nice. I just, it just felt like after four years that, it, you know, I was just ready to, to take the next step. You know, and there was no, yep. there was no like big right or wrong, like, you know, leaving bad or staying good or it was just, you know, the beauty of, of that practice was, you know, we're here to live life and to be, we want to be happy and engaged and, and, you know, have a full life and, and you can do that wherever, you know, yes. you don't have to be at a monastery. You yes. can certainly, you can learn great tools tools, excuse me, you can learn really good tools that will help you um, with that. Mm. But, you know, it, you know, once you learn those tools, you know, go, go, go live a good life. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, Rich, because I can see where, like you had said, prior to this adventure, you, you really felt like I need something to help me get grounded and, and find right. where my focus is. And then yeah. you worked diligently at it. And we're able yeah. to then come out the other side, so to speak, and say, all right, cool. I'm, I feel like I got what I was looking for. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. And, and it's an ongoing process. You know, yes. It's not like I ever yeah. just said, oh, done with that. You know, <laughs> wipe my hands free. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that was a, you know? I got that done. Now I'm ready for uh, <laughs> I'm just going to sit back in blissful Zen Samadhi here. And <laughs> Oh Good man, I hear ya. I hear ya. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I guess, well, that's cool. I mean, I feel like I got a good sense of your experience with uh, in the in the meditation world. Can you mm -hmm. explain how your journey through Ashtanga Yoga, which has been a good amount of time now, twenty five years, yeah. um, and I guess it was it kind of made me chuckle a little bit because when you said like um, no none of this was lenient like the the meditation part there was, it was always kind of I was on point and what's interesting about Ashtanga Yoga is that it also has this like fiery kind of edge yeah. to it and so yeah. so you know you managed to get attracted to you know these these practices that <clears throat> have this quality can you give us right. a little insight into how you've yeah. been able to navigate the ashtanga yoga world as well right yeah 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 as you say that it's it, 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 like this whole kind of image is forming in my mind of um you know one of the one of the greatest lessons training monastically was that was to look at how hard we are on ourselves, mm. you know, mm. and to really look at the standards and beliefs that we hold that we, you know, we beat ourselves up with mm. and to really, you know, somehow work your way through that. Mm. And so I was just mired in a lot of those things. And as I worked through them, um, you know, my relationship to how I was with myself changed, mm. you know, and, and it was the same thing with Ashtanga, you know, cause I started meditating around the same time I started doing practice and, mm. and, and so I brought that, I brought that same process to Ashtanga yoga where yeah. I had super high standards that I, w I was, 
sabotaging myself I, I could never meet. And I just used it as a way to just beat the tar out of myself. Yeah. And it was not fun. <laughs> you know? And I, it was, it was, you know, it was just like, it was unpleasant. <laughs> I was in pain all the time. And, you know, yes. you know, yes, I do. You know, I mean, yeah. people were, you know, when you're in that place, you can't, somebody could be saying to you, Hey, how about a different way? And like, you know, uh-huh. those, those beliefs are so right in your face that you can't even hear them. Yeah. You know? So I, when I got out of the monastery and, you know, had worked through that relationship with myself and I got involved with the Shanga again, it was completely different, mm. you know, cause yes. I was relating to myself completely differently. Yeah. And it became much more fun, much more of an exploration. It became, you know, just just like a fulfilling way to get in my body rather than beat my body. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I yeah. I feel like uh, that that's 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 a big part of the journey for if not all of us, most of us, it seems that have kind of bumped up into these practices that, that demand a lot. Um, I would, I would, I would imagine that now in your, in your teaching, um, with students in the Ashtanga realm, that, that that's, that's obviously influenced the way that you instruct. Do you, do you feel that way or do you? I do. I definitely do. Yeah. So it's, it's this fine line of balance of, yeah, yeah. because with it you have to exert in the shanga. Yeah. You have to bring a game to it, you know. And life too, like you, you know, you have to be. Life's not easy, you know. I mean, life happens, and we want to be fully engaged, open-hearted, you know, and embrace the unfolding of life, you know, and be courageous mm. and step mm. into new things and not cower in fear of things, even though we might do that, you know, and just, mm-hmm. you know, pick yourself up and move forward. And it's like that with Ashtanga where it's like, you know, to get what's offered in that practice, you have to bring it. Yeah. You know, an yep. exertion of energy and, and, and alertness and, and not go into places where, you know, you're beating the crap out of yourself and, yep. um, you know, just, just pulling your joints out of your body and, and, you know, trying to achieve some goal that is fictitiously, you know, going to, you know, soothe your, your egocentric yes. drive to be somebody. Oh, so, gosh. you know, it's, it's, this, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 you know, and Boston was really, you know, Boston is, is full of really A-type people, uh-huh. you know, who uh-huh. are just, they're, you know, we would open the door five in the morning. Yeah. You know, people yep. would be there. If we opened up at three, they'd be there, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You had to explain you know, so why. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, five, five yeah. is... Five is about as early as I'm willing here because where's it ever going to end? Next it'll be 2 a.m. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and, and it could, I know that because there's that element too where it's so interesting because it's it's so attractive at the same time to push yeah. really hard. Like yeah. it's such an attractive 
yeah. uh, element. And then, like you said, you we marry in the type A with yeah. with the fact that we and, and I guess I guess from a teaching perspective, I would I think that sometimes when you see a student really wanting that and wanting yeah. to push that, I'm finding yeah. more and more nowadays that I'm I'm really always trying to encourage not to push so hard because yeah. down the road you kind of see like it doesn't necessarily get you anything better or greater. But right. but at the same time, I don't want to detract from the excitement that yep. comes with that journey. You know, like yep. it, it is exciting at the same yeah. time, even though it's grueling totally. and we put yeah. our, and we, we are hard on ourselves, but at this, yeah. I know. So that's such a interesting element to all of this. Um, how, yeah. how do you, like say on a nor on a on a say like today or yesterday yeah. or maybe tomorrow what what is your ideal now like personal sort of way to go about doing a meditation practice and a asana breathing practice for for me um, for my own personal practice mm-hmm. I you know I just I really try to just get in my body yep. and, you know, really um, just see how I'm feeling that day and yep. and go at it in a place where I feel, um, what's the word, like, like a fulfillment, you know, like it's mm. like it's like it's there's there's effort and work and exertion and I'm sweating and. And I know, you know, like I'm taking into account all these different factors of how did I sleep? You know, what do I have to do later in the day? Mm-hmm. What, you know, did mm-hmm. I poop this morning? What, you know, like all these just kind of, you know, and, and just practicing within that that concept yeah. each day is totally different, you know? Yeah, good answer. And I, not, yep. not having some ideal like, okay, today... I have to rip through second and then get, you know, halfway through third. And, you know, regardless of whether I got a good night's sleep, regardless yeah. of like I have yeah. three meetings later today yeah. and I'll probably be completely wiped out, you know? So just, okay. Like what, who's here, you know, like that, you know, like, like who is here? Who mm. am I right mm. now? Mm. And how can I best make this practice work to, to make my life better? Hmm. You know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's a great, I I see what you're saying. I think that formula or that approach makes perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes good sense. Yeah. Being sensitive enough to honor those days where you just want to be easy. And also the days that you're like, yeah, I want to, I want to build some heat here. I want to get some that's awesome, Rich. In terms of, um, we th- we hear about the eight limb path, yeah, hitting hitting the the number eight, getting to samadhi, yeah. In the Zen Buddha tradition or Buddhist tradition, yeah. Then I th- I'm thinking we're along the lines of Satori or Nirvana or both. Yeah, good question. Uh, you know. I guess so. I, I, I can't say I'm really schooled on like a comparative, 
you know, yeah. analysis yeah. of yeah. them. I do, you know, Zen is a translation of, of the word dhyana. Mm. You know, it's the Japanese translation of that word. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it, it all, it just means a Buddhist practice where you meditate, where you have a direct experience of what the Buddha was pointing at. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. It's not uh-huh. just a, it's not a, it's not a, a necessarily intellectual book read mm-hmm. learning conceptualized right thing it's like an in the body through meditation and in the body experience mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what he was pointing at that we have we're really good at, at believing in a separate sense of self and identity mm. that that is not, that is really a delusion. Mm-hmm. And so through, through sitting, through meditation, through a body-based practice, seeing through that delusion and being, um, being free of that delusion, right? Mm-hmm. So I love it that there's this other seven limbs you know, that go along with it, that really meld well. You know, it's like in the whole Buddhist world, there's uh, precepts and there's, um, you know, we have yamas and niyamas. Mm-hmm. And then we look at getting in the body and working with the breath. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's really important. In the Zen world, that's just, just learning how to pay attention to sensation. Yeah. Right? On mm-hmm. a sensation level, beyond, below the level of, of the story and the, and the continual conditioned thought pattern, if we can get in the body and feel what's going on, um, we get more like direct information of what, what's going on with ourselves. Yes. The mind can be really tricky, but the body's pretty grounded. Yeah. I hear you. I, <laughs> when you, Sorry, I was just I was kind of drifting a bit there in the sense that I was yeah, yeah. I was really listening to what you're saying. So I <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I that's one thing that I found that personally for me after being involved in hatha yoga and posture and breathing that having yeah. the opportunity to go and sit in a Buddhist structured or philosophical type of practice setting that yeah. I found that I, I had this feeling of like that I'd that this was what I'd almost been missing out on in my yeah. asana practice. Like yeah. that that real deep contemplative component that yeah. then applying that to those that that time of five breaths in each posture or however much time we decided yeah. to hang out there brought right. a, a lot a lot of richness to the yeah. asana experience. Would you agree that there's that the two really can can help each other or, or really prop each other up the same way you kind of said that you have these three things that propped each other up in terms of the sitting, the walking, and the, right. the working meditation. Yeah. Would, oh, I definitely agree. Yeah. I, I definitely think so. You know, I feel sitting meditation is really, it's, it's an awesome practice where you're holding yeah. a, a form yeah. and and breathing, you know, consciously and, and bringing your, you know, your full presence to it. Um, you know, I, I, and 
often a practice just, it just, I think of it as it just, it just cleanses the body out. You know, you can think in terms of like in the Ayurveda world, by cleansing the nadis, cleansing Mm -hmm. the layers, Mm -hmm. cleansing the datus on a more kind of like esoteric yoga, like you're, you're, you're cleansing the grosser layers and getting more in touch with the subtle body so that you have this, you're just creating and cultivating a body that's really sensitive, Mm. you know, and you're aware of the, of the very subtle movements in the body that you can see the karmic path. You can, you know, you're aware of the deep samskaras that have influenced on you. And you can, you know, have some space around how they affect you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So it's like the asana practice to sensitize the body and you're you're pronifying it with breath and then you're learning how to sit still, bring the attention inward, concentrate and get yourself centered in your body and and meditate. Like be in that place for a long period of time where you're observing the, the deep karmic patterning of energy, mm. right? Like the conditioned yeah. energy system that's there that has an influence on you and that you can ultimately, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't know about be free from, but have more agency in how it works mm. and how it affects you. Yes. I th- <clears throat> Do you, prior to delving into these um, practices. Yeah. You're, when you heard the word enlightenment, yeah. is your take on it now different than the notion you had of it prior to your engagement in these this field? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to way, way back when I was just, just a pup getting involved in this stuff, (laughs) you know, and just like that word enlightenment or samadhi. And, and, you know, I guess I, I I can, I can remember having like a thought of like, you know, you you attain some state Mm. that you like, and you, you attain it and you stay there. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, you're going to have, and life is going to be, different in some way. Yeah. yeah. And and it's just, I just through practice and the way, um, the process that I've gone through, it's, I just, it's just, it's, it's being as present and engaged in each moment of life Mm. that you're in. Yeah. You know, like that, like the, it's just, it's like an enlightened attitude. You know, where yeah. you're 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 aware of the karmic processes, you're and you and inherent in that awareness there's there's freedom. Right? So yes. I mean I don't know, you know, I really I, I wonder that. Yeah. I look at that yeah. now and I'm like, what do these people mean by nirvana? <laughs> yeah. Or you know yeah. like like what yeah. is that? Yeah. Like how could you even how is there even a self that knows that? You yeah. know? That's a great so, that's I don't a, really know. Yeah, but I'm going to agree with I you. I do on have that. faith yeah. in just, you know, developing awareness 
and just yes. just continuing on the path. Like yep. life is the yep. life is the path. Yep. Like a, yeah. a certain level of contentment here now that mm-hmm. all right, this is good, and, and then, maybe there is maybe there is not to say more because that I think everything that you've described and talked about, I can I get a, a feel a sense of what the journey you've taken, and I also mm-hmm. feel similar to my own experience where yeah. where you're like, man, I, something good has happened here, something yeah. has shifted, but. Is it yeah. as good as what I had hoped it was going to be? I'm not so sure, but, <laughs> right. and is it going to change right. again and get different? Oh, maybe, right. maybe, but, yeah. but, but a certain, maybe a certain level of contentment does come around that you, you go, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, Rich. Exactly. Yeah. You know, oh, we're under a very interesting time of, yeah, where we can really look at fear, and yeah. and and really just kind of you know get this. Uh, it's a great opportunity to go. How does fear affect me? Mm-hmm. How how are you feeling that either you're you've been able to navigate the fear factor <laughs> lately, mm-hmm. yeah, and or <clears throat> how could you if someone's listening that is feeling like they're in a state of fear yeah, and wanting to somehow come into relationship in a way that's uh, just maybe feeling a little less of it. Is there any, yeah. is there any thoughts, feelings, advice you can give, give us? Ooh, man, that, <laughs> that, you know, that's a big one. It's a big one. That is like, I, I, yeah. And I, it's like it's kind of the the real ultimate quick fear really is the underlying it's the underlying factor for yeah. so much of spiritual work is is facing and dealing with fear yeah right and yeah. and it's just you know you know to go right to the you know the the point of what these people way back when we're talking about like you know when when you when death arrives, like there's nothing more frightening than that, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, and I can, I can imagine that, that, yeah. you know, just things start falling, you you know, the thing you're most attached to your body is, is going to go, yeah. you know? And so it's really like working with fear. Is so it's so integral. And again, I always go back to uh, like, like a body based, um, approach to that and to really like when fear is present, like where do I feel it? Mm. Where do I experience it in mm. my body? Yep. You know, and get familiar with it because mm. we just, it's so, it's such a strong sensation that most of us, we just don't want to feel it. So we push it away. Yeah. You know, yep. we push it away. Yeah. Or, or deal with it, you know, there's a million ways we can push yes, it away. Right? Yes, yeah. Right? So yeah. it's just like, okay, what is this? And and that, there's a level of, of uh, like, you know, the, like the loving kindness that they talk about, mm. like that, like you really got to be, you know, like it, it requires you to really show up for yourself mm. and, and be present to those strong feelings of fear when they're in your body and to, you know, 
you know, a good way to go about it is to think of someone you love, you know, like, mm. like I'll think of my little eight-year-old niece, you know, just this beautiful little kid, you know, and when she's, and I think of her, if she was afraid, like, how would I, how would I approach her, mm. you know? Yes. How would I approach her, you know? And we can approach ourselves in that same uh, way. And we can good. see how often we don't approach ourselves in that, in that uh, way. Right. It's like, so uh, you know, there's a feeling of fear yeah. and I yeah. do not want to feel that. Yeah. And there's a problem and something's wrong and I need to get away from that sensation as yeah. opposed to like, Hey, like, like I'll be with you. Mm. Like, you know, I see you're afraid and I'll sit here with you. Mm. You know, I'll put my arm around you and, and be with you while you're experiencing this thing, you know, it's a totally different way of relating to yourself. It and is. I think that's what we're learning how to do. And it just goes back to the same thing with the Shanta practice. Like how, how am I with myself while I practice? Yeah. Right. Yes. It's that you're developing a different relationship to yourself, you know? Good point, Rich. That's, I really like that you brought up, the desire to care for that other person and in this yeah. case a younger a child because i think that we we ultimately want to really take care yeah. of, of the youngsters so i think that's a great excellent yeah. excellent analogy yeah. oh man well i really Enjoy talking with you, Rich. <laughs> Likewise, yeah, I like it, man. Great to, yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate you, uh, your your um, your outlook and sharing yeah. your you know your journey with us. And yeah, um, man, thank you. I I really I'm really appreciative that Kate said you guys need to talk. That I think you. <laughs> 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 so I appreciate that introduction, Kate. Thank you, and uh, and. Um, yeah, man, I just, I, I really, uh, I feel like it's really helpful to hear other people's stories in the way that, the way that you relate, you you know, how you, how you've been able to relate to, you know, practicing and yoga and meditation. Yeah. I feel like there's a, a lot to be learned and um, I just appreciate you taking time to, to speak with me today and to share. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was great. Great to talk with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man. Well, let's do it again sometime. Let's let a couple couple of moons pass and see how things transition <laughs> all right yeah totally all right man where we'll be. <laughs> that's right <laughs> well thank you so much rich um okay ha have a wonderful uh rest of your day and uh namaste my friend okay namaste all right take care Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Native Yoga Toddcast. We really appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed. Remember that if you'd like to learn more about upcoming classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and our online yoga studio, all of which you can access at nativeyogacenter.com, your support is greatly appreciated. Have a wonderful day.